to another episode of the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor, recovering perfectionist. Having thrived in a male-dominated, commission-based industry, I'm passionate about helping women boldly pursue their life goals. In this space, we build confidence with our mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. I believe that your life manifests as a result of who you are, not what you do, and that your personality creates your personal reality. Join this growing community to increase your net worth by increasing your self-worth. Now let's jump into today's topic. Hello, hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Today, I have a surprise for you guys. We are bringing back a guest interview. I haven't done one of these in a while, but I'm really excited about today's topic and today's guest. So before I introduce our guest, let's talk about the topic we're going to be getting into. Today, we are talking about kundalini and how this concept can help us up-level ourselves which is naturally going to help us manifest. So a little bit about our guest, Brianna. Brianna Rose is a kundalini business expert and founder of the Light Leader Movement. Over the last five years, her work has impacted thousands of light leaders across the globe, supporting them in turning their intuitive idea into an intuitive-driven online business. And we are going to discuss all things kundalini, what it is, how you can begin to access this, and how you can utilize kundalini not only to help yourself heal and grow, but also how you can utilize this to manifest the things you want in life. So with that, let's jump in. Hello, Brianna. Thank you so much for joining me today. I would love it if we could kick off our discussion with how you found out about kundalini and what got you started in this practice. Mm, Great question. So I discovered kundalini about 10 years ago now. And it was one of those things where I was going through a spiritual awakening. It was 2012. And so like so many of us, I think in 2012, we were kind of opening up to our spiritual gifts. I was having a spiritual awakening and I was just in that mindset of, I need help. I need help. I need help. Where are my teachers? Where are my mentors? I come from a background, which was very corporate. Um, I was in PR and marketing. I was a PR marketing director very business minded. And then I had a spiritual awakening. And I was like, this is not what I'm used to. Like what is going on? And it just so happened that where I was working was an alternative wellness center. So I was luckily surrounded by like acupuncturists and Reiki masters. And so they kind of started to just open up my eyes, my mind, my heart to a whole other world. And I was trying meditation. I was trying these other forms of like spiritual healing, but you know, it just like wasn't clicking. I was like, that's not it. That's not it. I was getting all these different certifications. And I was like, this isn't it. And then I just happened to discover who Gabby Bernstein was at the time. And I was like, this, this woman seems cool. Like she's also from New York because I'm, I'm from New York. And I was like, she's from New York. She's a businesswoman, but she's also spiritual. This really aligns for me. And at the time she had just written Make Cause Miracles, or at least that was the book that I had just discovered from her. And so I was going through the process and in there she had mentioned Kundalini. And I was like, I have never heard this before. But it was one of those things where, you know, when you're reading and just kind of like jumps out on the page at you. I was like, this is like, I think this is my thing. And it just so happened 
I'm originally from Long Island. And so it just so happened that we had one Kundalini yoga studio and I was like, okay, there's one here on Long Island. And it just so happened to be, it was next door to where I worked. And I was like, all right, I'm learning all about the synchronicity stuff. I think I'm supposed to do it. And so I walked in, didn't know what to expect for anyone that does not know what like typical kundalini yoga meditation is it's everyone dressed in all white with white turbans on and it's a very specific form of yoga and so as a native new yorker i walked in in all black of course and i was like what's <laughs> going on why is everyone in all white dressed in linen with their sheepskins and their turbans this is i'm scared like what is this a cult i was freaking out but I was in like such a dark place mentally. I was like really anxious and depressed. And I took the class and I was like, this is the weirdest yoga class because there's no like yoga flow to it. Um, you're not in like downward dog. You're not doing your typical yoga poses. You're doing very like weird and out of the box yoga poses. And I didn't know what to expect. And so I was like, that was weird. But I felt so much better after the class. And I was like, whatever just happened in there, I can't put words to what just happened, but I feel better. And so I need to follow this thread. And so I just became like obsessed with learning about Kundalini yoga and what it is. And what was interesting is it felt good in my body. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to learn. But I kept hearing intuitively, which was learn more about this, like ask more questions. There's something more here for you to learn. And so I started to ask questions. I was like, why? is it practiced this way? Why do we have to wear all white? I, I've always been that type of person to begin with, but this was just like turned on all the way when I was in classes and no one had answers for me. No teachers had answers for me. It was just the guru said to do it this way, or like, this is what the teacher said. This is just mm -hmm. how we practice it. And it was kind of like, just be quiet little girl and don't ask questions. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go ask more questions or I'm going to go study this. And so I've really dedicated the last 10 years to discovering what Kundalini actually is outside of the yoga and meditation. Why do the Kriyas work? And for anyone that's new to this, Kriyas are sequences of poses, postures, mantra, and breath work that you practice together in a specific sequence. It's kind of like the yoga flow of Kundalini yoga. And I just started to discover like what actually is this because I wasn't finding the answers. And then through that, I created my own lineage of Kundalini called Light Leader Kundalini that is more modernized, feminine based. It's just really beautiful. And our whole theory is that everybody has a home here and can rise into their own greatness, no matter what you look like, what your body is. Um, we have modifications, opportunities for you to just come back home to yourself. Because in the lineage that has been brought here to the West in the late 1960s, it's just very restrictive and dogmatic. And that's great for certain people. But I also know there's a whole other part of this world that really wants to practice this, but they might not be able to, or they thought that they couldn't. And so we created Light Leader Kundalini, and it's just super empowering, and it's available and accessible to every person, no matter what they look like or what their body feels like that day. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Beautiful explanation. And speaking of synchronicities, I actually started learning about Kundalini right as you reached out about the podcast. So <laughs> obviously this podcast is all about manifestation. So we talk about things like limiting beliefs and shadow work and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I recently even did an episode on shadow work not too long ago. And it felt like your timing was right. It was divine timing that this was the moment to bring this topic to the podcast because 
I think kundalini, from everything you've said, from everything I've read, it feels like it's another tool that we can use on our journeys Mm -hmm. to discover the essence of who we are so that we're cultivating the kind of person that manifests the things that they want in life. Yes. So when I started learning about kundalini, I was like, holy shit, this is so compatible with manifestation. Like, if nothing else, this is like a little, a best kept secret for manifestation in a lot of ways. So I'm really grateful that you're here to talk to us about this subject. Because my idea of kundalini, before I started learning about it, before you reached out, was limited to the one time I showed up to a a kundalini yoga class. And like you said, everyone was in white, and it was a very (laughs) difficult class. And I hate to admit, but I didn't go back to that class for a while because I didn't quite understand it. And because for whatever reason, the class brought up some anger in me that I needed to work through. Yeah. And now I know why that happened and why I needed to work through that. But it was interesting to me because I didn't have the awareness of what Kundalini was about that I allowed that to deter my future efforts from going. So mm. I'm so thankful we're talking about this now and talking about how it can be utilized to help us work through some of those shadow aspects of ourselves yes. and, and through some of the stuff that might be keeping us from manifesting the things that we want. So again, thank you for being here. And for anyone that might be listening in and they're thinking, okay, I've heard of this thing. I've heard of kundalini, but I don't really know what it is. Like, is it yoga? Is it breath work? Is it kriyas? Is it a religion? What is the essence of kundalini? Can you provide a a brief description and really get into what it actually is and how it can be utilized? Yes, totally. I would love that. I was hoping you were going to ask me this question because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of misinformation about Kundalini. Um, like if you Google it, you're going to find tons of information. I don't encourage to Google it. Cause like I said, there's a ton of misinformation out there. And so I think even with what I'm saying or anything that you're finding or researching on Kundalini, always trust your intuition, like just see what lands and see what feels good in your body and then trust that kundalini itself is not actually yoga and meditation kundalini itself is an energy that we all have that lives within us every single person has this energy it lives most people think it's at the base of the spine it's close to that area of the body it's actually located if anyone's familiar with acupuncture it's located at the dantian point and so the dantian point in the body is located between the navel center and the base of the spine so if you just close your eyes and visualize your navel center you visualize the base of the spine and you connect them on a line in the center there is actually where the kundalini energy lives which is really cool and so i call it the kundalini nerve that's where it lives kundalini is coiled three and a half times. That's why a lot of people see Kundalini represented as the serpent. It's like that coiled snake. I see it as a diamond. That's how I interpret Kundalini. And here's why. This energy source lives at that Dantian point. And for most people, it just never awakens. Like they just have a regular, normal human life. I call it the muggle life because I'm a Harry Potter fan. Like they're just (laughs) muggles and like that, you know, they don't know any better. Right. And that's just it. And then for other people, typically Kundalini calls to you, just like how you were discovering it. And then I kind of came into your world, right. It calls to you when you're meant to awaken it. And so this energy is coiled three and a half times at the located near the base of the spine. And it represents the purest form of divine feminine energy. And so no matter what your gender is or how you identify, we all have this feminine energy. And if you don't align with that terminology, I think of it as birthing energy. It's the energy that has created 
everything that we see in this world and it lives within you. And so when we awaken Kundalini energy, since it's that feminine creating birthing energy, it creates really big shifts in our life because it's that energy that just creates and and transmutes and rebirths. It's really beautiful and powerful. And the reason why I call it the diamond energy is because like a diamond, the more pressure that you put on a diamond, the more it shines. And so in order to awaken Kundalini, we have to put pressure on it so it can rise up. And so Kundalini is actually a light frequency energy. So it's pure light energy. And so as we put pressure on it, it starts to shine up. The more pressure we put on it, the more it shines, just like the diamond. And so as it shines, it's illuminating up through our spinal column. It's rising up through the body. It actually descends through the vagus nerves. It's a full body activation. And it's said that as this feminine energy is rising, her intention is to rise up through to your crown and meet her divine counterpart, which is Shiva or the divine masculine. And so as much as this is a beautiful feminine practice, it's not let's just be in the feminine energy. The whole intention is to unite with her other half. So that way you can feel balanced and in harmony with yourself. And that's how we actually manifest. It's blending the 5D and the 3D. So we're bringing all that feminine energy, but it needs to meet the masculine in order for us to see real manifestations. And so as that light is shining up through your entire body, it's illuminating our darkness and our shadow too. And so that's why when we shine a light on the dark, right, it just like disperses and opens it up. And that's why a lot of people have great healing and transformation as they're having a Kundalini practice. And so I always say to everyone, I'm like, listen, do not work with this energy if you do not want great change in your life. Work of this energy when you're ready to create a shift, when you're ready to manifest, when you really want it. Because once you awaken this energy, it's going to do its thing. It's going to help you to transform. It's going to help you to manifest. It's going to help you to align with your highest self. But if you're not ready for it, it's going to feel very uncomfortable because your kundalini energy is bringing you opportunities to heal, grow, and expand. And so if you run away from that, the the opportunity or the lesson is still going to try to find you. And so that's the energy of Kundalini. Now, the way we awaken it is through Kriyas, which are sequences of poses, postures, mantra, and breath work. We practice the Kriyas. Basically, you're getting your body into very different postures um, that are different than your typical yoga postures. You're getting your body into different postures. You're creating sacred geometry with your body to essentially put pressure on that kundalini energy so she can rise. And I can go into way more detail, of course, about all that. But that's essentially the gist of kundalini and how we start to awaken it. The way we teach it through light leader kundalini is about gently awakening it. There's a lot of different lineages, I would say, of kundalini yoga that has just a more forceful approach. That never aligned for me. We still have beautiful, potent, powerful experiences through light leader kundalini, but I feel that we're bringing the feminine back, whereas Mm -hmm. some of those other lineages, it's a masculine approach. It's like, let's force this energy up. Let's put the pressure on it. Let's make it rise. And like, that's fine and all, but like, we have to remember kundalini is a feminine energy. So what if we met it in the feminine and is more gentle and we allowed it to unravel, then you get to have a beautiful experience. Whereas if you're trying to force something, it's, it might happen, right? But it's going to be like a crazy experience for you. And I, I feel that's why so many people 
have all these things to say about Kundalini if you Google it, where it's like this crazy dangerous thing. Of course, if you're trying to force something to happen that's not natural for your body, it's going to create you know, uh, unsettling experience for yourself. And that's with anything. But I think as Kundalini itself is such a potent energy, like if you're trying to force it to awaken, that that like Kali energy is going to wake up and be like, why did you wake me up from my slumber? What is going on, right? And so instead, we want to have a more feminine approach to this and just gently awaken her so that way you can handle all of the transformation. Oh, man, I loved so many of the things that you just talked about. Perfect. So kundalini energy is this energy that lives within the base of us. And when we want to awaken it, when we are ready for change, that's when we can start using the tools like breath work, like meditation, like the kriyas in order to help us bridge the gap between our feminine and our masculine to be totally and fully aligned so that we don't live the muggle life. (laughs) Shout out my fellow Ravenclaws. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I really love that you talk about bridging the masculine and the feminine as well, because I think that's something that we don't talk a lot about in spirituality. Sure. I feel like for the past 10 years, maybe the past 20 years, there has been a huge focus on the divine feminine. Mm. And I love that we've been focusing on the divine feminine. But with manifestation, the law of gender, it's important that we find the balance with both. It's important that we bridge the gap, just like Kundalini. From the feminine to the masculine, because oh, yeah. that's the energy we need to be in in order to to fully create and to be productive at the same time. Mm. So I'm very thankful that you address those two energies. And I was cracking up when you mentioned the whole Google thing, because I did this. I was the person <laughs> that started Googling Kundalini energy, and I saw topics like having a spontaneous Kundalini awakening and how it ruined my mm. life and how I wasn't ready for this. And can a Kundalini awakening be dangerous? These were all the things that started auto-populating as I typed in kundalini in my Google form. (laughs) So as you can imagine, I was like, oh, is this something I really want to look into? (laughs) But it sounds like you're approaching this from a much more intentional way so that you can prevent that for your people, so that you're doing it in a way that is more in alignment and it's a slower process. It's not something you check off the list. It's not something you're trying to force. So I really love the analogy of the diamond because I think you're right. I do think that it's Like anything in our lives, we need to put in the time and the effort, just like with meditation. You know, it's not something you do once a week. It's something that you really put a lot of energy into in order to see the changes within your life over time. And it's that consistency. It's that it's creating a lifestyle in which you continue to do these things moving forward. So on that same note, can someone activate their kundalini by doing things like shadow work and limiting beliefs and breath work and meditation? even if they're not doing the things like kriyas and the yoga associated specifically with kundalini? Or have you heard about people having spontaneous awakenings that weren't prepared for it? Yes. Okay. I have a fully loaded answer for that. So <laughs> when, it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to the spontaneous awakenings, I have been teaching, I've been studying for 10 years, and I will just say I have never met someone that has had a spontaneous awakening. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying like, I, I don't think it's as common as we think it is. And I think because Google creates this global village and then we're connected to everyone all over the world. And so it seems like it's this thing that can happen. <laughs> when really you've just found like the two people. Yeah, yeah. You find the two people that it happened to and that's like, oh shit, like this is a big thing that might happen to me. So I just shared that I've worked with thousands of people I I can't even think of someone that has spontaneous awakening. So for anyone that's listening, just take a breather. You're not going to all of a sudden on this podcast, have an awakening and freak out. If that does happen, I just come from the realm of thought. 
if something like that does happen, I don't think our bodies are so wise and so intelligent and so is our soul. And so I don't think that that spontaneous would, that spontaneous awakening would happen if we weren't prepared for it. Like it, it, we, things that happen to us, they happen to us, they happen for us. Um, they happen because we're ready to deal with whatever the healing that is coming up. So that's all I'll say about that. Maybe it was part of that person's karmic plan to have some sort of awakening. I I have found that in those stories that I've heard about that, it's with people that typically have very deep spiritual practices. It's not just like this random guy in Wall Street that had a spontaneous <laughs> awakening and it just came out of nowhere. Typically it's people that are already very deep into their spiritual experience. And so there could be a multitude of things that caused the kundalini energy to awaken. The way I teach kundalini, as you shared, and as you mentioned, is it's intentional, it's curated. And also, I believe it's not just the kriyas that can awaken it, it's any intentional movement. So if you are intentionally dancing or walking or running, it can start to awaken that energy. Doesn't mean it's going to go full force from zero to 90. And just might start to awaken and unravel. And if that does happen to you, it's happening to you because it's meant to happen to you. The spontaneous awakening, I think that there, I'm sure that there's just different types of teachers out there. There's different types of lineages out there in terms of how they teach Kundalini. And I just know the lineage that has been brought to the West in the late 1960s, for me, in my experience, I don't think one lineage is better than the other. My experience of that lineage was that it was too much on my system. It was too rough. It was too dogmatic. It didn't fit right in my body. I was practicing and I was getting sick. And I was like, this isn't right? Like, why am I getting sick? This doesn't feel right in my body. And again, no one had answers to me. So it was beautiful. It was my life path. I was meant, I was meant to just learn more about this. But I think if we are doing things that are not right for our body, inevitably, we are going to get sick. Inevitably, we are going to get burnt out. Inevitably, we're going to have some crazy spiritual experience because your body is so wise. And if we aren't listening to it, you know, if we're not listening to our highest self and the most primal, intuitive, beautiful part of ourselves, yeah, we might have some crazy spiritual experience. So long story short, listen to yourself, listen to your body, do what feels right for you. Even if a teacher is saying, this is how you have to do it. There's always another way. There's always another option, your body and your intuition, like you are the guru always. And that should speak louder than anyone else. So, so true. And I love how you talked about if you are not going in the right direction in life, how you might have this wake up call, how it might bring you to spirituality. Yeah. And I think that is so yes. true because I've talked about this on my podcast previously. One of the things that really got me into spirituality was all of this physical pain I began having. And I think it can show up yes. for us in, in multiple different ways. And for me, it was this physical pain that brought me to spirituality, which then opened yes. my eyes to all the things like kundalini as well as other methodologies. And what yeah. spirituality has really taught me is that how do you connect with your body? How do you mm. lean into your intuition and begin to trust that? So as you know, our culture is very much centered in the masculine, especially if you work for any company or corporation. Yeah. And I think it's healthy that so many people are starting to question some of the things that we've been mm. doing day in and day out. The hustle culture, the competitive culture, the the task yeah. list oriented, super busy schedule culture. We're starting to question that 
and yes. bring in that balance. So bring in more of the feminine, being more intentional about reaching into the opposite mm. energy that we haven't been leaning yeah. into much of lately. For Western culture, that has been the masculine. Obviously, it showed up in the kundalini energy and in yes. the 60s and as well as corporate life. And I think there's a mirror happening there. And now we're starting to see people just reaching totally. more for that feminine and trying to find that divine balance between the two. And I think that's an important message for anyone listening is where else can you be intentional? Where else might you be leaning into one energy or the other? And you might need to find ways to lean more into the masculine, or you might need to find ways to lean more into the feminine. Yes. And just like you said, not doing something just because someone told you to do it or you saw it on TikTok or someone said that if you're wanting to manifest, as an example, you have to do the 55 by 5 method or the 365 method or you have to visualize or you have to journal. You don't have to do anything. You get to choose what resonates with you and what you feel is going to make that change. And so listening to yourself and ultimately using that as your mm -hmm. guiding point for everything in life. I feel like if there's nothing else you get from this episode today, it is that. <laughs> Listening to yourself because you have your best intention at heart. And if you're doing what feels good for you, it's like what Wayne Dyer always says. When you're feeling good, you're feeling God. When your internal energy is in the right place because you feel like you're doing all the right things, you're, you feel like you're doing the things that are in alignment with you, that's going to help you manifest the things that you want. Not whether or not you're doing everything perfectly or whether or not you're doing all the manifestation techniques that they talk about online, but are you doing the things that feels right to you and beginning, being curious about what might be the right fit for you? And Brianna, I am so excited to hear that that's exactly what you did, but I am curious. So obviously you are at this place now where you're very intentional, you've leaned into the feminine, but I'm curious how it was for you initially. You know, did you have limiting beliefs that came up? Did you have to dismantle some of your own ideas? Did you deal with any perfectionism? Did you have any issues about what am I doing? Am I going against the grain? I feel like in a very strong way, you were also going against the patriarchy from at a, in a time when maybe it wasn't as popular. <laughs> so talk to us about how that experience was for you initially and what really helped you get through that. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy you asked this. I am like, I, I believe that just as you shared, if something doesn't feel right for you, listen to that and get curious and ask questions and that will lead you down a path that is so beautiful and expansive. And it, if I had not listened to that, I would not be here today. I would not have been able to impact thousands of people's lives. Like you just, you don't always know the end game, but if we trust our intuition, even if it doesn't make sense, it will always lead you to where you're supposed to be. And so in those beginning years, you know, it was very interesting because Kundalini yoga meditation, as it's been taught here in the West, is very restrictive. It's dogmatic. It's very much like my a guru's on the pedestal, and you should just sit there and listen and don't ask questions. And you know, you just sit there and practice. And for me, I was like, this this just doesn't feel right for me. Like I don't like this, you know. And so I started to get curious, started to ask questions, and it was definitely very scary for me to come out and say, hey. I'm going to do this new thing. And I definitely had my own limiting beliefs around it. I was afraid that people were going to call me out online or like send me nasty messages or, you know, all of those things because 
you know, I was afraid of doing something different and no one else, no one else was doing this, especially back then. And so incrementally, I started to kind of come out of this like spiritual closet that I was in. And I was like, Hey, like, you know, when I teach, when I teach Kundalini, I'm actually not going to wear white. I'm not going to put a turban on. I'm not going to use all of the gong music and spiritual music. It's beautiful, but I wanted people to connect. And so I would use Aerosmith or I would use Sia or I would use all these different types of music. And so I just started to like layer in myself into the experience and then, of course, I did get some hateful messages online, and it's to be expected that I was teaching it wrong and all of this stuff. But at that point, I was so embodied in my own practice of light leader kundalini. I had done so much of my own work and research that I was like, you don't, you know, the people that were coming after me and sending me these messages, I'm like, you don't even know where kundalini comes from. You're just following a guru. You don't even know what an activation actually is and like what's happening in the body because it's just not taught in that lineage. And so for me, I was like, you know what? Like I've embodied this work. I've experienced this work. I have studied it. And so that imposter syndrome was so quiet because imposter syndrome can't live if you are embodied in your message and the work that you're Mm -hmm. here to do. And I had Mm -hmm. done so much work where I was like, wait, I know exactly what's happening in my body. I know this is completely safe. I'm teaching it to other people. They're having great experiences. No, this is like all, all the, all the boxes are checked that this is what I should be doing. And as I got louder and as I got more confident, I don't receive any DMs like that anymore or any messages like that, right? Like the more I fully stepped into it and claimed it, I don't think people, you know, will question that when you are so embodied in your work. And then I started to bring it into my business and my business, it's one of those things that it's like when you are aligned, abundance will come. When you are aligned, the manifestation can happen just naturally. And so it just worked and my clients were seeing incredible results and then they were telling people and I was like all right we cannot deny that this new form of kundalini this modernized form is is good it's helping people and so obviously in the beginning like I said it was scary and I did have those limiting beliefs but I was my best case study and so I think for anyone that might be listening that might be questioning what to do or how to evolve something you have to be like your little guinea pig at first, right? Like you have to embody the experience, you have to practice it in your body. And that's the only way that you will know if something is wrong or right for you. Mm, Beautiful. So my next question for you is about utilizing kundalini energy for success within your career. Mm. And I'll preface it by saying that a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs, but there's also a healthy portion of women that are working the nine to five job and they're in marketing or they're in sales and they love what they do and they're not interested in starting their own business. So whether or not you have your own business or you're working for another company, how can you use this concept, this idea of kundalini energy in order to achieve personal growth to help you further yourself in your career? Yeah. You know, kundalini is universal and it's available to all of us, right? We all have this energy and yes, we can use it towards success and manifestation and abundance. And that's typically how I have taught it being a business coach. But when I first started, I was just doing spiritual teachings and I was helping people across all different industries, um, whether they were in corporate or not, or they were stay at home moms, or, you know, it was just a variety of people. And so this energy is just, it represents your untapped potential, essentially. And so 
as you start to work with this energy, you're going to rise into the most beautiful, aligned, abundant version of yourself. And abundance can be monetary abundance, but it could be like good health, good sex, good relationships, right? It could be anything. And so I think if we all just take a moment and think about our lives, I'm sure that there's certain areas that could use an upgrade. And that's how we can start to work with this Kundalini energy. Um, it can support us in so many different ways. And essentially, it's so we can become the happiest, healthiest, most aligned version of ourselves. It doesn't just have to be about our career or our business. That's just the sector, the niche that I went into. But it's for everyone. And so just something that I teach within Light Leader Kundalini is I created something called the Meridian Mapping Method. And so essentially, I teach people to understand how the Kriyas are working in their body based on the Meridian channels. And so I certify people in this. And so when you work with any of my certified coaches, this is what they're doing. Essentially, we're looking at your body, and we're seeing where the energy blocks are. And then we're creating a Kriya to basically open up those meridian channels. And so I share that because yes, we can do this for abundance and manifestation and prosperity. But if someone wants a better relationship, if someone wants to feel happier, if someone wants to manifest with the moon, right? It's like there's so many different things that we can do as human beings, we can essentially create energetic choreography for your body. So that way you can practice these kriyas in a way that's opening up your, your meridian channels and you're healing yourself. And that can be used in all industries, all sectors. It doesn't just have to be for business. Yes. Everything that you said resonates so much with something I talk about a lot on this podcast is you're not just trying to manifest money or relationship or career or health. You're manifesting all of it by getting mm. to the essence of who you are, which is very much in line with Kundalini. It mm -hmm. is this idea of your identity and you're manifesting more of your identity. Yes. So how are you making healthier changes overall that's going to impact all these different areas? Yeah. And I used to do a lot of podcast episodes specifically on manifesting money, manifesting this, manifesting that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually got to the point where I was like, it's not about manifesting one specific thing. Yes. It's about becoming the type of person who just manifests the things that are in alignment for their highest good anyway. Yes. So that's going to manifest the money. That's going to manifest the health. It's going to manifest the career, the partner, et cetera. And when you just try to do the techniques or the tools and you're just focusing on that one area of your life, it's like you're reaching the tip of the glacier, but you're not getting to the part below the ocean water. You're not getting to the big chunk of where everything actually lies. And when you really start to get to that bottom portion that's below the surface of the water, that's when you start to truly see more change and more abundance come into your life in every aspect. Totally. I love that you share that because when people come to me and they work with Kundalini for their business, things start to shift in other areas of their life. And they're like, wait, but like, why are my relationships changing? Or why is this happening? I'm like, well, you know, in order to get to that next level of success, right, financial success in your business, it might also require you to make some shifts in your personal life too, right? It's all connected. So I love that that's like a core part of your manifestation and belief system too. Yes, it is all so interconnected. You guys have no idea. <laughs> Love it. And the hard part of all of this is sometimes when we start making space for all of these beautiful things to happen, other things start mm. to fall away. So yes. old relationships that don't serve us, jobs that don't serve us. Totally. And we can get confused because it feels like we're losing something when really we're just creating Definitely. space for more of what we're actually wanting. Totally. And for me, that was one of the hardest things about spirituality at first was mm. recognizing that you can't really mess manifestation up. For sure. 
And it might feel really hard when things start going away. Agreed. But remembering that that's in your best interest. So for someone that's listening and they're loving what you're talking about, they're hearing you on the meridians, they're hearing you on the the kriyas and the yoga and the breath work, what is the one thing that you might recommend to help them get started today? Because I imagine that someone might be like, I'm going to go do all those things immediately. And that can be a lot for anyone. So for someone wanting to dip their toes into kundalini, what do you recommend they start with or what might be the best starting place? Yeah, I think for anyone, less is more, right? Like just start, start, start simple and then work your way up. There are definitely some really complex kriyas. So don't feel like you have to like go to the craziest kriya. Start easy, start gentle and see how the energy speaks and works through you. Everyone has their own unique experience when Kundalini starts to awaken and unravel. And even if you're someone that has, you know, is a Reiki master, maybe you're someone that's, you know, worked with energy before, I have found with myself and also with my students, no matter what other energies you've worked with, Kundalini energy is just very different. And so even if you're like, hey, like I have been a Reiki master for a decade, it's amazing. But this is like, you have to come to it as a novice, as a new student of it, because it is powerful. And so everyone should start with just, you know, connecting to their own Kundalini energy and seeing how that feels. And so you again, you can just close your eyes down as I did in the beginning, and really focus on that Dantian point, and just visualize that energy that's coiled three and a half times. And you can just start to breathe into that space and start to visualize the energy opening and awakening and ascending and just seeing where it goes. You can start to pull it up through your entire energy system, through your spinal column and bringing it up to your crown and just play with moving it up and down. And that's where I would start first and foremost, before you dive into anything else, get to know yourself, get to know your Kundalini energy, see how that feels. You'll probably feel some warm sensations moving up your spine that's your kundalini energy. And so just get to know it first before, right? It's like we want to introduce ourselves first before we even like dive into these crazy practices. And then of course, if you ever want to visit me online, we have, you know, Korea tutorials and information and all of that stuff if you want to take it to the next level. But I think like stage one is introducing yourself to yourself, to your kundalini energy and just starting to experience where that energy is in your body. Because if you know that, then when you start to practice the Kriyas, then you can identify, oh, I can feel it rising up. I can feel where it's going. You can start to make that body connection. Yes. I love that you talked about getting to know yourself, getting to know your Kundalini energy. That is something that I really want to press upon anyone that is listening because this can be true for most things about yourself mm -hmm. and doing things like the kriyas and the breath work and meditation, everything kundalini related, and even something I talk about in other podcasts, dating yourself. I love that there's this continuous message about getting to know yourself, your energy, your being. That is how you start to create change. It starts with awareness of oneself. Yeah. So for someone that does start working through this, what are some symptoms or sensations that they might want to be aware of as they're starting to progress from novice to maybe intermediary? So I know you mentioned heat coming up the spine. I read online that it could feel like like an energetic orgasm. <laughs> what are some things that they might be able to look out for to let them know that either they're on the right path, they're doing the right things, and they're starting to have some progress being made over time? Yes. So yes, you might feel some warm sensations. You might feel tingles. Everyone's body is so different. I have just found that whenever anyone practices Kundalini with me, 
they're like, I feel amazing. Like they just feel good. And so I share that because you should feel good after you practice this stuff. And if it doesn't feel good, then ask questions, then modify. You know, I guide my students that I'm certifying in, you know, how to stop, how to talk to their own clients and their own students and how to recognize the signs that maybe it's too much for someone, right? So then we modify it. It's not about practicing it every day. Maybe it's every other day, maybe it's once a week, maybe it's once a month, right? We really have to get to know your energy and what makes sense for you. I think of the Kriyas as energy medicine. And so with like regular Western medicine, you know, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know when to take it. You have to know how many days to take it. Same thing with this stuff. It's so powerful. And so it's just really important to pay attention to yourself and how you're feeling. It should feel good in your body. And if it's not, then we need to modify and make adjustments for you and your body as well. And I have, I have found that a lot of people come to me and they're like, I didn't have the energetic orgasm. Am I still having a Kundalini awakening? You know? And I'm like, yes, like you, it doesn't have to be this, this big thing. And I have found that when it's small and incremental, it actually leads to bigger results because then it's sustainable. If you have these like big blowups of your Kundalini energy, that's amazing, but that lasts for one day. And then you're kind of dealing with the aftermath of that energy rising so quickly. And then, you know, you kind of go back into the womb and back into the cocoon. So, you know, you might feel something, you might not feel something. So don't judge your Kundalini experience. It's happening exactly how it's supposed to for you and what you can handle. Your body and your energy are so wise. And so it will happen incrementally, depending on where you're at and what makes sense for you. Mm, Yes, like it's like quite literally with kundalini energy, you are birthing your new self. Love this. So my next question for you is something that's been on my mind a lot with spirituality is micro versus macro. So what is individual and what is global? So has there been any discussions within the Kundalini community about the impact that this work might have on the global community? Yeah, this is something that it's so funny you bring this up. I talk about this a lot with my students. You know, when we go through history, and I won't sit here for hours talking to you about the history of Kundalini, but when we look at history, it it is said that the Kundalini energy itself births herself with any prominent woman in history. So think about like Mother Mary or think about Kali, like these like really powerful women, they say that was Kundalini embodied and she shows up based on how the times need her to be. And so I feel that, yeah, she showed up through all these beautiful, powerful women that kind of changed the course of history, et cetera, et cetera. But we're at this point now where I think the world needs this feminine energy so badly that it's birth. Like she is coming out in all of us and all of us on a big scale are starting to connect this energy, whether it's through light leader Kundalini or it's through something else, instead of it being just one woman or one person, I think a power greater than us, whatever you want to identify that as God universe, what have you is like, Oh shit, the world needs like, hundreds and thousands of this energy to be birthed. And I think it's showing up for all of us. And so for anyone that's listening to this podcast, you have listened to this podcast, a specific episode for a reason. And it's probably because your Kundalini energy is trying to speak to you and through you. So I think that's how we can think of it on like a bigger scale is that like the world needs all of us to have this Kundalini awakening and activation right now. Yes. I love that answer. And I really feel like we're seeing signs of that everywhere. I mean, I think we're in a really unique time with social media where we have access to more materials than we ever have. 
So people are going to social media and they're going online to find ways to help heal themselves yes. and to do some, some deep inner work on their own traumas, their own mm. limiting beliefs. And we're really seeing how people are able to utilize this tool for better or worse, the internet. Yes. But it's helping people learn how to heal themselves. And as they start to do that work within themselves, they yeah. start to bring that healing yeah. to the businesses they work for, the organizations they're a part of, the families they operate within. Yeah. And just like you did when you embarked upon your kundalini journey, they're starting to ask the questions about what is right and what is working and what feels in alignment. And that's one thing I really love about Gen Z is they have this confidence, they have this autonomy, they're doing the work, which Mm -hmm. gives them the permission to ask the hard questions about what is actually working in these work environments. What is going well? What isn't? So I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a ripple effect happening across every layer of our lives. And while things can feel really hard sometimes, I think the one constant is that we all feel that there's big change happening right now. And we're struggling to put the words to what it is that's happening. And I'm choosing to believe that it is a positive change. And we're going through some really uncomfortable growing pains in the meantime. Mm, Totally. I love that you share that. It's so true. And Something that I also share with my students is, you know, imagine a world where we all were embodied. Imagine a world where we all knew how to work with this kundalini energy. Imagine a world where we all knew how to self-heal. And I think we're going towards that. It might, we might not see it, you know, in the next year or so, but I think we're going towards that place where we all are becoming the masters of our own self and being self-led and asking the questions that I think we've all been thinking about and trying to find a new way. Because I think so many of us are realizing, oh, this this old way that's been around for years maybe isn't the best way. Maybe there's another way. And let's go check that out. And so I agree with everything you just shared. Yeah. And one of the last things I'll say before we wrap up is that I don't think it's a coincidence that more and more people are finding out about plant medicine in this current generation and utilizing it in a way Mm. to heal and to grow. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is because of this new age that we're in with this age of people healing, this age of this awakening, this global awakening, like you mentioned. And I imagine that just like with plant medicines, with kundalini, there's probably this period of integration as well. This period of how do I make this a part of my lifestyle and a part of the things that I'm now carrying with me forward Mm -hmm. as opposed to something I experienced one time and I put in a box on my shelf in the closet. And what I love about kundalini is I think it is a really accessible tool Mm. that people can utilize to have a similar growth experience without operating from plant medicines if they choose not to. So if there's Mm -hmm. anyone listening and they're like, plant medicines are not my jam, there is a way for you to have similar healings through this practice of kundalini to really see that growth of consciousness that you can get either through something like plant medicine. But to me, it feels like kundalini might be something that you have to work a little bit more for, which I think is really important because as you mentioned, the masculine is about getting to something quickly, getting to the answer, getting the the to-dos that you need to work on. And plant medicine can really feed that energy, mm. feeding the I need the answers now. Whereas kundalini is, like you said, more intentional, more in flow, more I'm going to get the answers as they come in time. Yeah. So I love that by talking about this kundalini energy, you're also giving the listeners a new tool, a new technique mm. to be able to access that level of healing for themselves. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that you share that. I, I joke around with my community. I'm like, you don't need to do plant medicine if you are practicing Kundalini. <laughs> like you are going to get enough from it and you could totally do both. I'm not saying that, but it's funny that you share that because like, that's a little joke that I have. <laughs> so yeah, I think they're very similar. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Likewise. Where can the listeners go to find out more information about you and to connect mm. with you further? Yes. Yes. Thanks for asking. So I love Instagram. So you can definitely head on over to at I am Brianna Rose, have tons of information there. I'm all about education. And so if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a DM. And then I also have a free Facebook group called the Rising Light Sisterhood. We have over 150 free trainings in there, focus on all areas of energy, business building, heart-centered entrepreneurship, and of course, Kriya. So there's just tons of information there as well. Perfect. I will be sure to link all of Brianna's links within the show notes. That way you can easily access her website, her Instagram, or any of the other links that were mentioned. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an amazing experience for everyone. Mm. I'm sure I don't only speak for myself when I talk about how influential this information really was. Perfect. It was so wonderful talking with you. I'll catch you later. Bye. And a huge thank you to all the listeners that tuned in with us today. Thank you all so much for joining us, and I will catch you all in the next episode. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you want to check out the show notes, head over to www.themodernmanifestation.com forward slash blog. If you're loving this podcast, please drop me a review, share this episode with a loved one, and follow me on Instagram at Modern Manifestation. I love you all so much and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.